Ghost Adventures is the sole property of the Ghost Adventures crew and Scripps LLC. We're not in any way affiliated with any of them, we just like watching them do their thing. So if you like Ghost Adventures too, support the crew in the Travel Channel. Also, this podcast has profanity in it, so take whatever precautions you feel are necessary. Welcome to another episode of Insanely Haunted, the show where we watch and review every episode of Ghost Adventures. My name is Max. I'm Cassie. And I'm Colin. Well, hello, Colin. Hello. Hello. Welcome well, to uh, Insanely Haunted. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. We, Thank I'm you so honored me. to have the the one and only future Forbes 30 Under 30 media luminary, Colin <laughs> Parker, with us today. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's, it's great to be here. Awesome. Uh, Colin... Have you ever watched Ghost Adventures? Uh, I have seen, before today, I have seen a total of one episode. And uh, I came into this, uh, actually, I almost sort of preferred it that way because I feel like I came into it with a basically open mind, Mm -hmm. like with a completely Mm -hmm. clean slate. Like I had seen an episode, but it had been years ago because it's on, it's on like what, the Travel Channel or something like that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think we actually get the Travel Channel here. Mm -hmm. And for the last two years when I was uh, finishing up my undergraduate degree, I did not have cable. So it's like, I haven't been able to watch any kind, any kind of like TV really in a couple of years. So it was like, you know, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. So I came into this with like not really remembering what to expect. And I got, I got <laughs> a lot. I got you did. A lot. <laughs> so before we jump into the podcast, we just want to like formally introduce you. So um, you are the supervising producer, owner and editor at Scavengers Network, the yes. network that we are a part of. Yes. Hi. Hello. Hello. It's good to thanks, have you. Thanks for having us. And would you like to talk about your work with the Scavengers Network? Sure. Um, So I'm one of the uh, founders of the Scavengers Network, which just sort of started off originally as like a side project and thing to keep a couple of friends uh, in contact while a couple of us (laughs) went off to college. (laughs) And it quickly evolved into something entirely different. Like we always knew that we wanted to feature friends um, on, on it. And that's why we called it The Network. And then pretty quickly, uh, a lot of things started changing and a lot of things started growing. Alex and I, Alex is one of the other founders of the network, and he and I started a podcast called Journey Under 30, which is a roadmap drawn in discovery, all about finding what it means to find success under the age of 30, even though a lot of people don't find it. But it's basically just about like, how do we make our mark on the world um, and hopefully getting us onto the Forbes 30 Under 30. And that is sort of what spurned the entire podcast network. Because we then joined the Moon Bim Bambino Podcasters Facebook group, and we started networking with people there, and that's where we met. Every single show that's on the network currently is from that Facebook group. Awesome. Um, and so that's sort of the, the short and skinny of it, but I do Journey Under 30. I am currently the keeper for Myth Takes. I'm also the editor on that, and I am going to be on two new upcoming shows on the network Dang. that have, uh, oh my god, wait, three Holy oh shit. my god! I didn't. I didn't really mean to do that. It just sort of. It just sort of happened. Um, 
part of it is that like, I feel like one of the great things about the scavengers network is that we have a lot of really great people and a lot of talented people. And a lot of the times when someone says, Hey, I have this idea. Basically everyone's like, go for it, do mm-hmm. it. Yeah, do for that sure. Thing. And so I have had two different ideas that I've been like, Hey, I've kind of been thinking about doing a show like this. And then immediately people have been like, yep, let's do it. Let's, let's go make that happen. Currently we have 10 shows on the network and it's growing all the Hell time. Yeah. Awesome. You it was sp- so cool meeting you. I know Max met you the first year, right? No, I don't know, actually. No? No, okay. no I Podcon... actually was not at PodCon 1. Oh, you... Pod... okay. PodCon right. 2 was a far more like... I feel like there was more of the internet at PodCon 2, generally speaking. Okay. That's also true. I mean, yeah. PodCon 1, I wanted to make it, but it was... I was in college at the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you live in, like, Baltimore, right? You live on, like, the other side of the country from this thing. Yes. Um, and at the time, I was living in New Orleans, and it was like... I can't remember if it was right after my finals and so there was no way I would have been able to make it sure. or yeah. if it was actually right before they ended it was one of the two. Oh yeah that's because it was in the bad, winter yeah the first time or like not a great December, time right? of the year yeah we had right. like uh the podcon two is like a year and a few months after the first podcon I feel like summers would be better for I feel like that too yeah. you know because yeah. usually people are starting up their semesters or ending their I guess late semesters right. yeah yeah it, it's it is kind of weirdly timed but i also mm-hmm. assume that for a smaller convention it's much cheaper to do it during that time that's true for sure yeah. wow, so i think yeah. that's probably the biggest thing but i mean i had a blast there and i learned a lot and we made a lot of really great connections and i feel like that's where we really actually like really like met up with you guys and really started kind of figuring out you know what what your deal was that sounds weird what we actually got to know you you know more yeah. than just like an occasional voice on the internet being like, hi, this is me. This is this thing. Right. It's like, you actually put like faces to the names and to the voices and stuff like that. It's, it's good for me because I almost never remember to actually post when there's a new episode of insanely haunted. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. 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 And you know, what's funny is that Cassie and I are, uh, we just started watching this is speaking of myth takes Cassie and I just started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh, God. and I mm-hmm. keep mentioning how cool Monster of the Week it. is yeah. Monster of the Week is a absolutely amazing game I love that game I, I I truly think that is my favorite tabletop role-playing game of all time it's such a cool structure I think it's like it, it benefits a lot from that from being like specifically oriented around that idea of a monster of the week Yes, yes. And it's also really, really great for storytelling. Don't get me wrong. I I enjoy D&D, but it has so many rules and so many different ways for <laughs> yeah. things to just be really convoluted. But it's like yeah. a game like Monster of the Week, there's three outcomes. That's it. Yeah, it's more inclusive it's, as a game. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. Especially for those of us like myself who really just do not latch on to games that take more than 20 minutes to explain. And the one cool thing about this, though, is that I found that the monster of this week is the crew of Ghost Adventures. Yeah. Yeah. The monster of the week here is a man named Zach Bagans. Uh, so you joined us for this episode, and you mentioned that you spent time living in New Orleans when you were in college. In yes. Is uh, it Nolens? I don't think you anybody know, there actually says that. I don't that. think I'd never met anyone that lives there that actually says that. I feel like it's literally okay. just people who are like, oh, I see. It's like when like people think it's funny to be like, going out California way, and you're like, no one says that. Like, no <laughs> yeah. one since the panhandling did, days has said that. Or Joyzy. I don't you, know if yeah. anybody actually speaks like that. Did you put a shrimp on the Barbie while you were in Australia? Yeah, exactly. 
You know, I will say shrimp po' boys, though, mm. are like, oh, my God, they are fucking great down in New Orleans. I have been eating mostly vegetarian uh, for many years. And the thing that I unquestionably break that for is New Orleans food. Yeah, like that is true. I can verify it's that. gumbo, etouffee, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm so into it. I've long since considered going pescatarian because I feel like as much as I do like things like burgers or uh, or steak and stuff like that, I feel like I could give that up. But things like sushi or, mm-hmm. you know, or shrimp po' boys, things like that, like any kind of seafood is like really, really hard for me to to give up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like New Orleans really kind of made that happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think the one thing that I would probably break it for is if you ever go back to New Orleans, whether it's you or uh, any of our dear listeners here, there is a a place, a chain, if you will. It's like three locations uh, in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And it's a place called Dat Dog. Dat Dog. Dat Dog. And it is one of those things where I took my uh, family member to to Dat Dog and they were visiting New Orleans and they were like, I want to try all these great foods and everything like that. And I was like, well, we're going to go here first. And they looked at me and said, this is a hot dog place. You're taking me to a hot dog place. <laughs> and I just looked at them. And I was like, trust me. Dad Dog is, to this day, one of the best places I've ever been to. They have all sorts of different types of dogs. They have a duck dog. They have a gator dog. They've got a Guinness dog, which is just a um, like a special type of sausage that is uh, marinated in Guinness. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. They have yes. an alligator hot dog? Oh, yeah. Alligator sausage, basically. Whoa. It's very good. It's wow. very good. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, they have a lot of really great combinations. And then they have toppings that are not like, oh, ketchup and mustard. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you have all sorts of amazing things. And the cheddar bacon ranch fries. Oh, my oh, God. Sounds so good. And I'm um, vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Or you can just get it like cheddar ranch as well, which is uh, something that I've done before. Okay. Um, but... Anyway, that's my, that's the place that I would break my no meat other than fish rule. Speaking of food and cuisine and all of that, yes. we learned from our host Zach Bagans that New Orleans is because of Hurricane Katrina and and the death and destruction that it re- that it wreaked, New Orleans is a quote layer cake of haunting. Yeah, that was the weirdest description I think I've ever heard. <laughs> but that's why we're here in New Orleans. You picked this episode. Thank you very much. Um mm-hmm. In this episode, we are going to visit three different places. Whoa. We're going to visit May Bailey's Bailey's place. May Bailey's, it's a former brothel. We're going to visit a haunted mortuary in the cemetery district. For about five Mm -hmm. minutes. And then we're going to spend a cringy amount of time at Bloody Mary's house. And if you guys remember from our previous New Orleans uh, episode, she is a... White woman who Who self-proclaimed voodoo queen of New Orleans, which is really something. Yeah, (laughs) I definitely wrote that down as well. (laughs) She first appeared in an episode about a a place that used to be a plantation and is now a historical site in Louisiana. This episode is noteworthy because they speak to exactly one black person and they also do not let her actually talk about the thing that she is an expert in. And then they go and talk to a whole bunch of white people, including Bloody Mary, about the history of this place. Yep. Uh, well, they, they spoke to three black people at uh, May Bailey's, fortunately. Yeah. Although one of them great. was really just someone that they were like, oh, I'm a fan of your show. They're like, oh, great. Thanks. You and could be in it now. The worst, they gave the worst high five <laughs> and then just sort of moved on. 
which was yeah. extremely funny to me because like he looked like he was like, oh, how do I interact with you? <laughs> yeah. oh, and, and just like, oh, God, like they could have actually like interviewed victims of Hurricane Katrina. And they yes. Didn't. Nope. Well, I guess I guess like the people they interviewed, like they lived through it for they sure. They lived through it. But like, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe it would have been insensitive. But at the same time, they, they uh, always I mean, no, no way. It's more insensitive than the show usually is. Well, I was going to say the funny thing is that like I actually wrote down. I didn't write down the word insensitive, but I actually felt like this episode in general was insensitive. Yeah, because of multiple things. One, uh, as someone who lived in New Orleans, I know that it is the most haunted uh, city in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And there are way more interesting haunted stories <laughs> yeah. uh, than the ones that they went with. Yeah. And also, like, the whole Katrina thing, it's like, yes, Katrina was terrible. There are still areas that are still reeling from it. There's still a lot of things being remade and rebuilt. And I'm not glancing over that at all. But I think this it's this weird thing of like Katrina is not the only thing about New Orleans, though. Right, right, right. And it really felt like that was their main focus. Yeah. And it's like if you really wanted to be focused on Katrina, maybe you should have done this after Katrina happened, like closer to the time, like to actually like try and raise awareness of the situations that people are living through. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of stuff that felt like opportunistic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure. that absolutely. Was, that was like, that was like my big thing. I think I wrote that down twice where I, I wrote opportunistic once. And then I also, at one point I said, I feel like we're taking advantage of Katrina and its stories. Yes. And the thing is, we're using that not to tell the story of the people who are surviving and rebuilding, but to like give yourself a pat on the back for listening to the stories of what you think are dead people talking to you yes and it's like uh, they yes. yeah it's like they, they they showed all this footage of all these poor people yeah, they went down into the lower ninth where it was where yeah. the levees broke and were like making a big show out of the fact that they were there to like experience this and and like with all these videos of of people who were stranded on their, yeah, their rooftops this was, they spent a long this was like a big chunk of the middle of the episode was this sort of like retrospective but really dissociative yeah uh viewpoint where they're not actually engaging with actual like survivors of this tragedy but rather it's okay though because he said it's a sad feeling it's just a really (laughs) sad it's a very very sad feeling that's how you know he's that's how you know yeah that's how you know he felt it you know (laughs) you say it twice you drive it home yeah and he has to look sad and 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 be very quiet and then you know that he's legit Uh, Um, can we talk about one of the things that we learn at may bailey's place yeah so we get this story from a guy named matt who is a ghost tour guide we need to introduce what may bailey's place was oh yeah that's right okay so may bailey's place was a brothel um until sex working was outlawed in 1917 and of course they're using the word prostitution rather than sex working because they don't have respect for sex workers. By the way, Colin, there's an episode um, of of Ghost Adventures where they go to Portland and like spend most of the episode stalking women walking the streets in a police car with a police officer who's on duty uh, to watch this police officer track down women, target them, profile them, and arrest them. No evidence anywhere. All of this like fully profiling. I remember, God, I want to say this was like... I don't remember. Maybe it was like three or four weeks ago. I remember you guys talking about this. Yeah. Um, 
uh, with, oh man, I don't remember the person because it's not someone that I've met before, but you had, you had a guest on, you were talking about it with... Uh, this was our friend Alicia, I think. Maybe, I though think I, so. Though I feel like I tend to say that was Alicia on like every episode where I can't remember exactly <laughs> who was with us. Maybe, but like I remember hearing about that and it's like, man, yeah. it's, I feel, actually it's funny that I just said man, because like I feel like that is the most large piece of evidence that this is just a male run show yeah oh, for and sure. male ideas of what is happening yeah oh yeah um yeah it's rough but like yeah. yeah the may bailey stuff the amount of time i mean like i understand the idea of when you are saying something about like a brothel and talking about like when they for example show the license mm-hmm. i understand if you're going to use the word prostitution in a sense of you're reading something right. that is written and that is the term that they use like right. if you're talking about something about historical context and what they would have said Right. That's one thing. But then when you go back and start talking about it, you, from your perspective, you say mm-hmm. these sex workers, right? Yeah, right. Um, and you like, correct that's yourself. Right. And that's something that they just did not do. Like the amount of times yeah. that they said prostitutes was. Oh, and lot. even talking just about how like. How they would kill oh. people, like just and then, and then like there's no evidence. <laughs> no for this. evidence. It's just this guy saying, yeah, like. Well, it started. Worse. It started off as. This guy there talking about a man uh, talking about how um, there might be a spirit of a man who might who might have been killed by a prostitute. And then they just go off on this tangent about how the prostitutes must have been really rough and 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 bad and and like based on nothing. Like, what is your evidence And what's worse is that he doesn't even outright say it. He just insinuates it really strongly. Oh, yeah. And so by saying things like, well, I mean, you know, know. the girls down here are pretty tough. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, that is like, I mean, look, people can be tough and also not be murderers. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. So So, um, that's par for the course. Anytime this show has to deal with the reality of sex work being a thing that exists in the world. Uh, It's just lucky that nobody... I don't know. It's just lucky that this particular place is far enough removed from that world that it doesn't affect the people in question anymore. They're long dead and gone, and this place is now like a historical site. Yes. I, I also just hate how they never, ever focus on the fact that brothels used to be successful. Like, brothels right. made money. Like, and there were madams who made lots of money. Like, we... When we went to Seattle, we went on the um, oh, yeah. the uh, the red light district tour of the underground Seattle. And underground Seattle is pretty awesome. If you if our listeners haven't heard of it before, there is a, an episode of Ouija Broads, Tales from the Pacific North Weird, that focuses on underground Seattle. It's super interesting. So we learned of one of the the most successful madams in Seattle at the time. Um, she made so much money up until... She's like the richest person in the city for a while. Yeah, up until Bill Gates, uh, who recently donated to the public schools. She previously was the highest donor to Seattle public schools. So- and it was something like $90,000 in in like 1860s money yeah something like right so like a totally ridiculous insane amount of money in 2016 or 2016 yeah. i'm 20. three years behind <laughs> 2019 dollars yeah. yeah but like yeah you never hear about this on ghost adventures it's always about how they're oh troubled soiled doves and and murderers and apparently. murderers apparently <laughs> right yes <laughs> um okay so we hear from several of the employees who are the only people of color who are interviewed in this show. Have we just have we talked about how ghost hunting is like the whitest hobby on the fucking planet? <laughs> and how I there's mean, so- it really is. It really is. 
I mean, just in the demographics of the people who participate in it, this show is so often is only white people and very white watched right. when they're talking about history. Oh yeah, and racist. E- even in the even in the reenactments, it's notable when they hire a black actor to play someone in a reenactment in the show. Yeah, because yeah. it never happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's always like a an evil uh, an evil guy character. or or some guy who has like one name and his existence is not even verified. It's like, oh, that's old George. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. So we hear from several of the employees talking about different things that happen, including <laughs> the well, pamphlet the incident, pamphlets, which could have literally like they didn't even check to see if there was like a doorway or window in the area, but pamphlets that flew off the shelves landed and they all landed on. A, the, a page the side. that says Katrina. Right. Oh. Now, I, I have a quibble because it, the interview was originally cut so that it seemed like he was saying all of the pamphlets landed in this way. Later yes. on, they show other cuts of his of him speaking where it sounds more like he's just saying that only one of them landed on a page that was referencing Katrina. Really? Yes. And it is not below these guys to doctor an interview in this way, I would say. No. No, I mean, I feel like you can tell because in the beginning, when they're walking around in May Bailey's and, oh shoot, I forgot to write down her name. The very first woman that they're with. Janice. Janice, yes. When they are upstairs, Janice says a sentence and she opens her mouth and like you can see where they clearly cut away from her (laughs) saying another sentence so that Zach could have another line and like- Probably something that would have been like, but we pretty we're pretty sure that it's not haunted yeah. because yeah. Of and it's probably her being like, you know, you know, I don't know. It's just very funny. Like it's very funny to me when you can tell that something was clearly like cut, cut out. Yeah. It, it is such a harsh drop because it's like you also like you like hear her breath. It's like, and then it's like, <laughs> and it's like it cuts the breath off halfway through the breath. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird. Yeah. It's very funny. So they, we also hear about a story, which definitely just sounds like a story that there was a guy and a girlfriend who stayed at the, oh, yeah. it turned in, it got turned into like a, a hotel or something, so right? So few details in this. Um, yes. Or uh, I think in. that's something that they love to do is like give the yeah. least amount of possible details oh, as yeah. they can. Well, and, and apparently the girl died and then he and his spirit ended up staying he said, and Janice said that he never wanted to leave, and that's it. That's right. all the detail. That's we. You now know as much as we do yeah. about this. Um. So. So that's only one of three lockdown yes. locations. This right. is a very fast investigation phase, mm-hmm. Colin. It I don't is. know if you if you've noticed. I felt that way, and I honestly, I feel like even the lockdown stuff was very fast. Yeah. I almost feel like they spent, and because they tried to split it between three places, mm-hmm. it did not give enough time to actually get into anything. Yeah. I also wonder if that's one of the reasons why they do leave us with just the information of, yeah, he didn't want to leave and so his spirit never left. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, this is just what it's like all the time. <laughs> oh, okay, well. <laughs> um, that's yeah, also possible. It's just if, if they don't get enough uh, evidence, and they did get enough, I guess, because they went to three different places, but sometimes they only go to one place or two. How pathetic and, is it that it, you had to go to three different places to get 45 <laughs> minutes of usable footage for your ghost hunting show? But usually if they don't get enough evidence, they'll like have the majority of the episode be the pre-lockdown where they just interview a bunch of people. Sometimes it's like 30 minutes long, dude. Yeah. Where it's like before. <laughs> the lockdown it's just them goofing yeah acting like getting drunk and going skiing and shit like that yeah so right after this is when they go to uh the lower ninth ward where the the location that got most hard hit by the hurricane katrina 
Yes. Um, they had a handler in this scene. Do you remember this person? Yeah. There was somebody in the car with them, and I th- they gave a her woman. a Chiron, and her name was... Um, shit. I don't know. I've totally forgotten this person's name, but she's like yeah. not important for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of course, they're interviewing a white woman about a, a very serious issue that impacted mostly people of color. Right. Um, and they they visit the levee that had broke and uh, spent some time down. introspecting, you know, mm-hmm. thinking um, about how sad. Yeah, this is where <laughs> Zach. How sad I am, you know. Yeah, so I'm really. Sad. It's all about him. Yeah. So then we head over to Bloody Mary's uh, house. Her house, for the record, is pretty fucking awesome. Um, I would like to have a, a house that well decorated. Yeah, it's also really pretty from the outside. I love the colors. But it's Bloody Mary. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. Bloody Mary is a white woman who is apparently the voodoo queen of New Orleans. And if you look her up, she does a lot of tours. And right. that's how she makes her living. Um, right. She wanted the Ghost Adventures crew to come to her she place. She called them. She called she them. She summoned them here. Right. Um, because apparently her son has been uh, terrorized by spirits in her house. Um, her precious baby boy is under attack from the spirits. And I have no idea why she wants the Ghost Adventures crew to come over because they're just going to make things worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It's like, th- why is this the person that you want to have fix it? <laughs> Because they're, they're not, not going to fix it. They're not going to fix it. And this is a repeating pattern. This always happens. They come in thinking, like, maybe we can make a difference and talk to the spirits. But it's like it and always. And then they just get them riled up and yeah. leave. And there literally have been people that they've visited before who are angry at them afterwards because apparently they made the situation worse. Well, it's also funny, though, like, I like the fact that you said, you know, that they maybe we can make a difference. And, like, we'll get into it later, like, when we get to this yeah. moment. But there is a definite moment where Zach really thinks that, like, him oh, yeah. speaking to the spirit is, like, he's having, like, a heart-to-heart, a one-on-one. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, we're really, we're really making this happen. Like, this is really, you know, hey, man, look, it's okay that you're dead. Like, and again, we'll get to that moment. But, like, <laughs> it's very, so, look how awesome we are. Yeah. Look at how well I could talk to people that are dead, dude. <laughs> Even, if only yeah. he could like talk like a normal human being to, <laughs> to a normal actual living people. Yeah. Um, so she's got this place. Bloody Mary's got this place like totally on ghost lockdown. Like she's been <laughs> doing major protection spells on the basement and the attic. And they're going to open all that shit right up. They cut, yeah. they cut a lot of her stories out, too, which is really funny yes. because later on we get a clip where she talks about seeing a hand come around a door and just grab yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, she. I like that she's like, we're at DEFCON 5 here. There's so many ghosts. <laughs> and part of me almost wonders if like, no, I think you're just haunted because you say so much problematic shit that ghosts are like, hey, stop talking shit. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. You're making things worse for us. And like, that's all they're trying to do. And she's like, don't know what could possibly be wrong with them. <laughs> this anyway, I'm going to go leave. Your, this isn't your religion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, shit. This uh, is a very oh, gross they... misrepresentation of voodoo. <laughs> yeah. So Zach and Bloody Mary have a talk in the basement that I that I was very excited by uh, because they're talking about how Katrina made things. Katrina, they're talking about the the leftover residual spiritual stuff that happened because of the flooding during right. Hurricane Katrina, and she refers to the water as cursed muck. Oh my god! Which is uh, printed on the screen in case you didn't 
in case right. you couldn't tell. And, and that is amoral. And that the muck itself is amoral. It's sentient. She, she also says, and they they move away from this very fast, because if I were in that edit room, I'd be like, let's not draw any attention to this. She says that it, she feels that it cleansed the city. What? Yeah. yeah. It's... <sighs> yeah. I feel I like that is some that. literal, that's some literal, like, white eugenics yeah. bullshit. Whether um, she realizes it or not, it absolutely is. And it's oh, yeah, so, yeah. she's so cavalier about the way she says it, and then they move on immediately. Yeah, because I almost feel like they really should have just cut that entirely. Yeah, for sure. I'm not, not, I feel like that. I mean, I feel like it's tough. Like, I feel like they should have cut it mostly because it's like, yikes, that's yikes territory. Let's leave it out. But also in a way, it's kind of nice that there's like just one problematic line. So that maybe if you are considering going to her, you can hear that and go, oh, <laughs> oh, never oh, mind. Like never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're one Jesus. Of right. Cursed Muck is one of the hardest shiny Pokemon to find. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh man! Wow. Thanks for that one. That was that was for me. I think my brain was so fixated on the oh shit they're doing the spirit water again that I totally like did oh, yeah. not hear that. Part. Zach doesn't spell this out in this episode, Colin, but he believes that water channels geomagnetic energy. Yeah, and because yeah. it channels geomagnetic energy, then it is like batteries for ghosts. Yeah. It like gets them juiced up so they can do ghost stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so a place that's been flooded and a lot of people have died because of the floods for Zach, that's like the perfect storm mm-hmm. uh, for ghosts, basically. Interesting. OK, mm-hmm. this is never like he he mentions this so many times and it's never like proof. He talks about the fact that this is like a theory he has <laughs> right. a lot. Yeah. yeah. So I guess he's trying to position himself kind of as like the the leading voice on the front of paranormal research. In terms of like like let's let's talk about reality. It is really gross water. Like if there is ever oh, yeah. flooding, even flash flooding, you don't want to be walking in it and you don't want to be like swimming in it for funsies. Not only cuz you could die because of drowning, but also and also lightning. Well, there could be lightning. Sewage. Sewage. Right. Sewage. Lots of bacteria, parasites. Um, and it's usually opaque, which means there could be sharps in there that you can't see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and also like just all the grease and oil and shit on the roads. Yeah. Like yep, yep, there's yep. just a lot of nasty stuff in there. So that's like if you have any cuts on your feet or your legs, <clears throat> like you do not want to get in there, and you just don't want to get in there in general. So New like, Orleans is like so. I mean Louisiana as as a whole really could use a lot more help um yeah. for sure it's a conversation that i know that i've had before on a couple other podcasts like for example state your case where we talk about the state of louisiana and it's like this is a state that goes through a lot of hurricanes and a lot of uh unfortunate like weather situations and it just kind of wrecks their financial situation all the time and it's one of the reasons why there are other structures that that struggle all the time new orleans was also picked by domino's pizza to be the city that they fixed the roads for first because they don't have enough money in the infrastructure to fix the constant potholes that are just sort of wrecked all the time i mean like and that's not a joke. Like the back roads, uh, like basically anything that is not a main street on New Orleans, which is about 80% of the roads, are frequently just just torn to shit. 
and it's not good that you need a capitalist co- company to come yeah. in and do this. But <laughs> at least they're like, hey, we're doing this for free because like we know that everyone is affected by this. So yeah, that is actually kind of nice. But the thing is, like, New Orleans especially is is hit by a lot of stuff. And, you know, the pumps, I think there's 120 of them, if I'm not mistaken. And in order to be hurricane ready, they have to have at least 90 up and running. And they absolutely did not have 90 up and running uh, at the time of the, the hurricane uh, of Katrina. And the thing is that even if they had had 90... I'm not so sure it really would have made too much of a difference. This is a situation where, you know, the levee breaking is is big. That is a lot more water than they would normally receive in a mm-hmm. hurricane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it could have helped a little bit. Um, and that's one of the reasons why they now have, like, a specific, like, guideline. And, like, that's why sometimes monetarily they're in trouble because keeping the pumps up and running and mm-hmm. working is, is expensive. But you see what happens there. And a lot of the cemeteries also, people are buried above ground. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, because of that. And you because speaking of things that you don't want in the water, it's you don't yeah. want these bodies, these decaying bodies to come through and just wreck other people's shops. I mean, yeah. not literally their shops. I mean, like their bodies. Like, you know, it'll if you drank something with like a dead human's body in it, it's going to it's going to get real bad real quick. Yeah, especially if it's got formaldehyde in it. Um, oh, yes. Well, and also to to make things worse, not only is it in a hurricane prone area, but it's also one or two feet below sea level, the, the city itself, which mm-hmm. isn't isn't a unique story to America. Like no. Seattle, again, back to the underground Seattle, underground Seattle used to be the, the level of of the Seattle. Yeah. yeah that, and that. it was basically a swamp area and they built this city because of ports because of yes. sh- ships coming yep. in and deliveries and 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 goods um to to stimulate the economy new orleans you, it, what it has always been like a major port city um and so has seattle and unfortunately where you know where you might need better access to transportation it could potentially be at, like at sea level mm-hmm. or below and you're going to get tides you're going to get flooding and especially if you've got a hurricane coming you're, you're going to get very bad flooding yes um, yes so i mean people might say well why the heck is there a city there if it's one or two feet below sea level it's a bit late to ask it's that a bit question late to ask several that question. hundred years too late for that yeah but it's like well there was good reason to build a city there because of economy and you know right trade i mean people like ports yeah i feel like this is like uh a con not this what you're saying but like what i'm about to say is a lot of like a conversation maybe someday for like a bonus episode or or whatever like Mm -hmm. there are kind of like i said there are so many better stories of new orleans and one of the best one, truthfully, like I understand this is not a ghost story and also we actually now do know the answer, but it's still such a good story to tell on a show like this. Mm-hmm. New Orleans is the reason or was the origin of vampire stories in America Hell because yeah. of this port city. Cool. And the story behind that is unbelievably funny and just like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it being a port city, you really do have a lot of mix of cultures. And so that's where sure. like, the great food comes from, but also why you have a lot of different religious contexts being mixed into all sorts of different things. And that's where you get these different ideas of ghost activities and poltergeists and orbs and all these other things. Like New Orleans is such a good city to do a show like Ghost Adventures in mm-hmm. because I feel like you could do an entire season. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's so strange. Well, and it's also a very, very important city historically for black culture. Like, like we got jazz. 
music. We got tap dance. Like there was a lot of cool a lot of people trying stuff for the first time. Yeah, a lot of people yes. like like building on their own heritage to make something new that was then immediately uh, co-opted by the larger American culture. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it, much you know, in the same way that Zag Bagans came in here and looked around at all this stuff and was like ghosts. Yeah, and he was like, mm-hmm. "Here's me, a white man, gonna explain it all to you," Voodoo, which is ironic because yeah. now that I think about it, I'm a white man and I'm about to explain certain things. But <laughs> 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 no, but okay. So going back, sorry, because I I feel like I got us a little off track, and that's my bad. But quote unquote Voodoo Queen Bloody Mary, it is unbelievably like. Everything that she does is just so hokey. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I wrote I wrote so hokey, and then I wrote uh, in caps, not really what voodoo is, and then five question marks. This just feels like a lot of taking advantage of Katrina and stories. Her situation, like when we get to the lockdown stuff, there's so many fun things about this that like we yeah. were all talking back and forth about like how just unbelievably like not real it was yeah so i'll leave that for the lockdown section i I feel like we should spend some amount of time on the haunted mortuary because it's extremely cool Mm -hmm. um it looks amazing it's got a haunted house in the basement year-round haunted house in the basement which kicks ass Mm -hmm. um just seems like a really neat place to visit however not the best place to be looking for ghosts no a haunted house no (laughs) you're gonna get so many false positives because you're in a place that's designed to be scary yeah. Right. But regardless, somebody took a very spooky photo mm-hmm. in this uh, yeah. building. And that apparently has an image of a small child uh, leaning against a wall. The perspective see, like, is so I off. kind of, I kind of understood that one, or like kind of felt that one. Like at least that one didn't feel super faked, especially because they had two like literal negatives of pictures that were taken within seconds of each other, and it's like very close to the same position it's just not exactly the same and it's like you definitely see something in the first one and not in the second one correct yeah like that's cool yeah um there's definitely a smudge there whether or not it's a ghost is up for interpretation but i mean it does kind of kind of resemble a body but looks like a person yeah it looks like a person i can see how you Mm -hmm. would say that's a person but there's also a lot of people who see jesus in toast so (laughs) I mean, have you never had toast and been like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, He's yes. here with us, folks. He's here in this toast today. I feel yeah. Jesus in oh. this Waffle House. And apparently the, <laughs> the main the main spirit in this haunted house is a college student. Or rather... Oh, yeah. A, a man in blue pajamas. <laughs> facing the wall. Trying to communicate? Facing the There's, wall. My favorite thing, though, is, like, is what... It, they never really actually like get in contact with that no. person. Nope. <laughs> like they talk quite a few times about a man in blue pajamas and they never once have any form of anything with him. Nope. Uh, they glance over that, that third location so much. Like it felt like they were just like, mm, we'll, put, we'll sprinkle a little extra something in this <laughs> episode. I have a but feeling like, they just didn't get anything. Time. Yeah. I bet you anything those dudes sent Zach that photo mm-hmm. and Zach knew he had to go there. But like, yeah. didn't plan anything else out. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. That also makes a lot of sense. It's also funny to me that like, I mean, I get in technically like, so okay, they get lo- oh no, that's in the lockdown. Never mind. I can't well, get into that to, yet. We're about to get into the lockdown anyway. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. This is the way they're doing this. Is it's a three location lockdown, but instead of going like one place, two place, three place, what they're doing is Zach is by himself at May Bailey's. Mm-hmm. In case any of the 
case any of the spirits want to get a little want to get a little friendly. Right. Um, he didn't say that, but that's what I know his heart after watching this show, and I know that that's what was in it. And yeah. Nick and Aaron are by themselves at um, Bloody Marys. Bloody Marys. Yeah. It opens with Zach introducing himself to the sex worker ghosts. Yeah. Like talking about how he's here to help tell their story and stuff like that. Um, with my dick. Yeah, it's like, it's awful. Like, you're right. Like, even though he doesn't say it, the way he's speaking to them is like clearly like, hey, is anyone still working? <laughs> like, it's, like, yeah. it's so gross. Like, every time he opened his mouth while in like that area of of the place, I was like, oh, God, I just, I want to smack you so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the experience of watching Ghost Adventures, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So we go also to Bloody Mary's place um, where Aaron and Nick are getting ready for a voodoo ritual. <laughs> Bloody Mary whips out her real human skull. I don't believe that. Okay. And that's what, okay, that's what I wanted to get to. God, I've been waiting for this moment. The second that she was like, this is a real human skull, I went, no, it's not. And I, and I was like, I knew that there was no way that was real. And I was like, because I remember hearing about this. And I looked it up, and sure enough, it is illegal to own bones in the state yeah, of Louisiana. I knew it. There you go. With the exception of teeth and uh, one other thing, and cremation. Teeth, I think, is okay. mostly for things like dentists and stuff like that. Also for um, kids. Oh, I guess, yeah. Um, um, well, I mean, I think there's a difference between, like, your teeth and someone else's teeth. <laughs> yeah, I know true. it sounds really buck wild, but it's like, you know, if you walked into someone's house... And they had a small jar of teeth. And you're like, oh, are these your ch- your children's baby teeth? And they're like, no, I got them on, on eBay. You'd be like, okay, this is fucking weird. Um, Bye. But, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Bye. Yeah. She claims that she bought this skull and brought it overseas and stuff like that. But From like, Paris. Yeah. But you would not be able to have that. Like, And also, you just did this on national television. Yeah. Like, surely as a quote-unquote voodoo queen, you would know that owning bones is illegal in the state that you live in. Well, also, I would like to see the scenario where she's passing through TSA with her human skull. Anything to declare, well, ma'am? They they said they wanted to come to America. Oh, yeah. So, so, that's, so, they, so she got the skull uh, a passport right. and everything. You're telling me it's easier for... A human skull to come to America than an actual human being. Well, I mean, I guess a skull doesn't need to breathe, so it can live in a in a suitcase. But okay. still, it like again, I feel like even if you're checking that bag, there's no way that TSA doesn't go. All right, hang on a second. There's a human skull in this suitcase. Let's what open up a murder yeah. investigation. <laughs> exactly. Also, I also wrote this down because it happens almost immediately after that moment. Uh, they say, well, you know, we got to split up to check out this huge house. And I was like, no, it's not a huge house. <laughs> yeah, it's not a huge house. It's like it's, shotgun style. It's it's yeah. not very big at all. Yeah, most most houses there are. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost it almost feels like just a little bit bigger than a tiny home. Right. I will grant you that there's three levels to it and not mm-hmm. necessarily a lot of places there have three levels. But it's like. Dude, that house is not that big. Like, he got from the back room to the front room where he was, like, lying on the ground in, like, 12 seconds. Mm-hmm. Well, and you it know? doesn't help that there's stuff everywhere. Oh, I mean, it's yes. covered in shit. It's like a, it's a, it seems like a really cool museum or something. Probably not so cool because I'm sure there's, like, really, like, not kosher things in there. It's, like, full of stuff. So there's hardly any room to move around. 
which fact, kind Aaron's of leads kind into of laying on stuff himself. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the boys are not comfortable during this lockdown. They don't really have enough space to move around. They're not small folks. They're big fellas. And Aaron ha- is made to lay down upon a cross that's been drawn in the floor that Bloody Mary says is a crossroads to the spirit world or something like that. And so Aaron's laying there with the skull while Nick goes exploring. And <laughs> earlier in the episode, Cassie noticed that there's a cat walking around in the house. Yeah, there and is a little see, blip of a black cat. Yeah, you just see the tail while, so while Bloody Mary's that. doing an interview. <laughs> Nick opens the door and hears a <laughs> and then goes running. <laughs> and then we hear, so like, if you're not a cat owner and like you're watching this episode, I can imagine you're being, you being like, oh shit, what's happening in this place? But like all of the <laughs> stuff that goes on is so like they're there. He runs away after hearing the hiss and then they hear plates clinking around in the kitchen where it's like, no, that's just the cat walking yeah. around in the kitchen. And then they hear another hiss. Yeah. They hear two hisses and then Nick freaks out and smashes the bookshelf and you see the books fly off the shelf afterwards. And, and they try like, to, they, they spend so much time being like, and then you can see from this angle that Nick didn't touch the bookshelf at that time. But it's like, no. How but do you it's know? like, you see him touch it two seconds before. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, okay, but here's the thing. If you move that camera a foot to the right, you probably would have seen everything shaking yeah. and then fall off. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, there's no way that, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Yeah, I definitely wrote down a lot of things like definitely knock those books over. And they try. You were right. You were telling me at one point where it's like, you know, try not to read what they put on the screen first Mm -hmm. because they try to like warp your brain into thinking this. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. what you're hearing. But like, for example, one of the things they said was that they claim that one of the ghosts says get out or we'll kill you. But there was not enough syllables in that expression (laughs) to get that whole thing out. Yeah, I definitely heard the get out, but the there was it was only two syllables after that. So it was like, like oh. get out. <laughs> yeah. And like and I was like, I actually I don't even know if I even heard a K sound in there at all. Mm-hmm. And like so I was like, that's a, I feel like this is a real stretch. And like there are definitely times where they're like, oh, yo, see, it totally said this thing. Oh, crazy. What? But yeah. it's like, that's no. their that's their whole MO, dude, is that they just jump on the first interpretation that they can pull out and then like dig in and double down as hard as they can every single time they talk about it. They also say that at one point that they say that the ghost goes, they're coming. But here's the thing. We all said out loud 1-800 because yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what they said. It's like, because part of the, the uh, oh my gosh, what's the name of that device again? The spirit box. Um, right, but isn't there like a literal, like for lack of a better term, like an actual term for it? Because it's like a, it's like a, a frequency. It's a, like, it, it scans through all of the available radio frequencies. Right, yes, um, yeah, exactly. And supposedly the reason why there, it doesn't get contaminated by FM radio is because it doesn't spend long enough on an individual frequency. Right. But that's... I don't know. That's dubious. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen it used in other works. Right. And I I actually wrote that down because I saw that device and also another device that we saw later. I've seen that in another show that I felt has been, well, we'll we'll get to it. But um, the, the, the thing is, is that like, it's definitely flipping through, you know, these things and it sometimes pulls out these phrases and what some people say happens, or at least on other shows they always try and say that when it's flipping through, that it will only stay on a channel 
long enough for an expression if what's being said at that time is what the could help the spirit actually express itself. Yeah. Which I feel like is a lot of explanation for why you would hear a word like 1-800 or you know, someone going, stop. They say like 1-800 instead of like, they're coming. They say go to or something like that. And it's like very clear that it was just like an advertisement that's like, go to our website, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. for more mm-hmm. details. But it's like, go to the yeah. door or whatever. It's like, eh, you're really, really stretching this. Yeah. But like they, they really got themselves spooked on this though. They did. They love getting, the, the spirit box is like their favorite thing to have because it, it allows them to feel like they're really having that one-on-one time with mm-hmm. the ghosts. <laughs> My yeah. my what what came to my brain while I was watching this when they apparently heard things like "Can we talk? They're coming mm-hmm. in the basement. Please go." I was thinking, "Please go." So I was thinking, like I was telling you, Colin, before we started recording about my my theory, my uh, my theory of what ghosts could actually be, and and I think I've talked about it on the show. So I'm not like an expert in physics, so it's probably mm-hmm. wrong, but um. The, the idea that space-time is its own thing, if time is its own dimension, and if, like in Interstellar, there's like forwards and backwards in time. Oh, yeah, you haven't seen Interstellar, that's right. Well, that's the main that's theme okay. of it. But um, right. that ghosts could actually not be ghosts, but actually just people at a different point in time. That And, right. and you're getting little snippets of it when ordinarily we, we don't have the perception of the time dimension, really. Like, we go through time, but we mm. we don't have the capability of going backwards or forwards. So, like, right. I was thinking, wouldn't it be funny if th- these were actually, like, ghost hunters, either forward or backwards in time at the same place, that were getting snippets of the Ghost Adventures crew and thinking that they're ghosts and saying stuff like, can we talk? And that's so oh funny. Oh my god. They're coming and that's actually that's actually really good and really funny. And I I one thousand percent accept that. I respect canon. this, yes. Okay. I respect that a lot. Um because it's so funny because it's like, for example, when they're freaking out about it, right? Right. And they're saying, like, you know, like, oh my gosh, blah blah. And then someone's probably going, Well, you can't stop me from talking to them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then they then they hear, you can't stop me or whatever. Right. But, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, and you're you're absolutely right though, because like we only have the ability to see things on a linear sense, Mm -hmm. but things can also move in, for lack of a better term, like a circular motion. Yeah, um, Mm -hmm. and have other axes. Is that the right way to say like plural of an axis? I guess so. A dimension, yeah. Yeah, but it's like you know, like different, yeah, different dimensions that we wouldn't be able to see in like fourth, fifth, whatever right. um, dimensions that like we would not be able to see with our normal eyes. Right. Uh, and I also, mm. uh, you know, that could also explain why cats and, and dogs and stuff like that sometimes will randomly just like stare in a corner. Oh. You know? Yeah. Like, what are you looking at? And it's like, and secretly it's just like, you know, little Bobby Schmidt from your 1920s and he's just playing with a stick he found and you're outside and he's like, look, mama, it's a stick. And, yeah, the, right. and the dog's like, oh my God, that kid's got a stick. Right. And, then, yeah. and then the little portal closes and then the dog's like, okay, I'm back to whatever. Right. Uh, what were you doing? Yeah. Ooh, were you eating dinner? And it's like, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. So while all of this is happening at Bloody Mary's, Zach by is- the, mm-hmm. By the way, if there are any uh, physicists out there who are like, she's bonkers, please let me know. Yeah, right in. <laughs> This is my layperson science scientist uh, perspective. So, so back at uh, May Bailey's, Zach is hanging out pretty much exclusively in the pamphlet room, t- 
trying to get word from the spirit box, like trying to contact the person who supposedly wants to point out Hurricane Katrina. He asks how this person died and here's the word gun. Okay. Then he apparently just transitions to talking to a totally different person. Yes. And and when so weird. When he doesn't get a proper response when he asks if they died in Katrina, he changes his line of questioning to say, what is the storm that came through here seven years ago? As a way to like yes. get a gotcha on the ghost. Yes. And he hears a voice that says Katrina. And then he loses his fucking mind and like starts dancing around and screaming. That reminds me of the part of this show where he was asking when they were doing the pre-lockdown and he was saying like, what was the force that caused this? That's right, yeah. water. <laughs> I forgot about that. And it's like, it was a hurricane, man, Zach. Zach, like that's such like, <laughs> you're like the kind of person that looks at water on the ground and is just like wet. But it's like, <laughs> you're not explaining like where that wet came from, dude. It's like, <laughs> it has to originate from somewhere. Water doesn't just appear. Right. Um, and it's just so funny. Oh yeah, water. <laughs> I wonder where earth, wind, and fire are. Oh, man. It's like Avatar. Like, he's, like, freaking out about this stuff. I did appreciate, in a way, just his childlike wonderment over the word gun. Gun! Because I wrote down, uh, in all caps, because that's how he said it, and underlined, when it goes, gun, he goes, a gun! Yeah. (laughs) Oh, like, he's freaking out. He's, like, he's so stoked on the fact that he heard the word gun. He's like, hey, did you guys hear that? They're like, yeah, that was pretty clear on our end. Yeah, for sure. But- What was the context of that? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the funny thing is, also, we kind of glanced over this earlier when he was walking around before he sat down. Do you remember his really awful, quote unquote, research that he presented on orbs? You mean every episode? (laughs) This is like a recurring thing. Yeah, Colin. Is it? Okay. Because like the way he was like, so you could see this and they do a replay like 12 times (laughs) to show an orb that appears and it goes, we know it's not a bug because this is what a bug looks like. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is that you were saying like word for word, the shit we always say. And it's like, you've never listened. You've never heard that that segment so it's like a universal experience is what we're being validated on right now yeah is that they always show a bug that is either as big as your hand from the carboniferous period or it's like so well lit there's like it's like in a spotlight yeah yes and then he's like so you can see the wings in in high detail (laughs) and it's like yeah no shit because you're like all up on it with an hd camera dude you're focused on it right now and they chose the biggest bug in existence (laughs) And of course, yes. the orb that they're talking about is so faint that I legit could not see it. Yeah, same. It's just, it's in the bottom right corner. And it's almost I fully admit, obscured by the Travel Channel logo. Yeah. I will admit that, like, it does, like, kind of like, I mean, it's a thing where it's like when you watch the replay 12 times, you can notice that it is something that's popping up. But it's like, I don't think that it's what they are trying to, I mean, obviously, I don't think it's what they're trying to claim it is. But it's like one of those things where they do have a light on, yeah, right? Because they have to be able to see. And I was like, I guarantee you that is just the light reflecting off of something and then getting the smallest amount of lens flare on the corner of the lens. And you're like, oh, God, it's a fucking orb. Holy shit. It's this thing. It's like, no, dude, your watch just caught your flashlight. You know, it's like, please just be be more conscious that you're wearing a movement watch right now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So this is there's not a whole lot 
that actually happens aside from those two things. Like Zach does his little spirit box session in the pamphlet room and Nick and Aaron freak out and sort of scare themselves and shout into the, at one point Aaron is sitting on the steps up to the attic, just screaming into the attic, asking oh, yeah. if there's ghosts there, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that. He won't, he actually is like too, actually kind of too scared to actually go in there. Yeah. yeah. So it's Even just though like, there, there's an X camera there though, which means somebody went up there at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all up there? Yeah. <laughs> Did you like it when we came here? Did you like that? Was that good for you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so then they go to the haunted mortuary all together. And by this time, there's literally maybe six or seven minutes left in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, they show they use some of that time to show us that the teddy bear trigger object is here. Yes. For the, the child. For the baby ghosts. And then yes. Zach and Billy head down into the basement. And Nick and Aaron are not really in the rest of the episode. It's just Zach and Billy. Mm-hmm. And of course they get lost uh, because they're wandering around a dark basement with no lights. And Zach gets dizzy. Zach gets dizzy Big from surprise. spinning around. <laughs> yes. you And see, you, you pointed out exactly... What he said too, he goes, he goes, it's so weird. Like I got lost and I started spinning around. Now I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like really weirdly dizzy. And I was like, because you span around, you idiot. <laughs> he is the least mindful person in existence. <laughs> it's like, but also like they get lost in this maze. And my favorite thing is that they go like, it's so weird. Like this maze is, you know, is, is wild. And I was like, the guy who made it literally tells you that it's one direction. Like. It's because it's a it's an attraction. Like they can't really let people get like stuck or lost in there. Yeah, there's really only one way to go. So it's like, how did you like? You guys got separated for like all of five seconds, and then you're like, oh, he's completely Billy? missing. It's Billy. Where <laughs> yeah. are you? Billy ends up in like some weird hallway. <laughs> yeah, do an EVP. No response. Or is this the response where? we're totally unable to verify whether it's actually saying what they think it's saying because supposedly it has a cuss in it and they have to use the sensor beeps oh no no no! it was it was just like it was indecipherable is what they said okay Okay. and billy was asking he's like if there are any kids in here could you please come talk to me Oh, Billy. Oh, God. I forgot Gen- about when they walk in. Gentle when they first Billy. walk in, he's like, Are there any kids here? Hey, come talk to me if you're a kid. Yeah. And it's like, Dude, it just sounds like you're getting ready to be like, I've got candy in the van. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's so weird. But, like, you know, it's funny. Like, so I, I, earlier when we were talking about the bear, I mean, during the episode, I was like, Oh, I recognize that bear. And I also recognize, I mean, multiple tools of this trade I've recognized. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not like a big, you know, ghost hunting person but uh i i'm a big fan of like an online entertainment company called rooster teeth oh i know of them i've heard of them oh yeah yeah i i absolutely love them uh very very much and there is a branch of their company called achievement hunter and they have a core of you know people who do all sorts of different shows there and they started a brand new series uh, last year called Achievement Haunter. Oh my God. Where essentially they go out and do ghost hunting stuff. It is extremely good. It is very well done because like it's very clear that none of them actually believe in this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Although two people in the group are absolute scaredy cats. Like they are. I would love to watch scared. this. Oh, I do. I truly believe that you would like it because they do things without being problematic. Okay. Um, the guy from New Jersey sometimes uses some language that I'm kind of like, I really don't like when you use that term. But, you know, it, it is probably still the least 
like that's probably like the only quote unquote bad thing that they have mm-hmm. in the show. But anyway, sorry. So my whole point is that they use these devices all the time and they actually explain them pretty, pretty well, pretty handily. Um, and they go to places and yes, they do try to rile up some of the stuff, like especially the New, the New Jersey guy. He'll yeah. be like, oh, that's it. I'm going to break your shit. What are you going to do about it? And then he'll like take something. And he'll literally, and it's usually not something that's actually from there. It's usually something that he brought. Yeah. But one time they brought a ball for a child that supposedly likes to play in the basement. Uh-huh. And then he's like, oh, what would happen if I just stabbed the ball, huh? And like they what? even have this what? music that like builds up. And he's like, what if I broke your toy, you know? And there's all this music building up. And then he stabs the little kickball with like a, with like a pocket knife. And it deflates very softly. And there's just like dead silence. So like, ah, she's not here. And then they just walk out. And like, I love that show a lot because, you know, they're not rude about things that live there. And sometimes like this does feel haunted. This is inconclusive. This doesn't, this is not haunted at all. But I love that bear so much because truthfully, I feel like that bear, when it does work or when it is activated, I feel like that's creepier than the idea of the actual presence of a ghost. Yeah, uh-huh. definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it goes, do you want to hold my hand? Ooh. Oh. Play with oh, me yeah. and stuff no. like that. It's, it's creepy because it, it, it's supposed to light up on the side that it gets touched, quote unquote. Yeah. So it's like, it's supposed to tell you like in which direction are the spirits and you know, how, it's like, I like when you hug me. It's like, and God, it is so creepy. Is and I'm like, that's so that? This bear doesn't do that. This The Ghost yeah. Adventures crew bear just goes, beep. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Sounds like they added those uh, voices to make it extra creepy. <laughs> uh, I think, I don't remember who makes it, but it's like, they actually say, it's like, oh, it's made by this one company that makes a whole bunch of like, you know, ghost hunting equipment. But it's like, I actually, it's, it's, it is creepy. And I feel like maybe that is supposed to like heighten your sense of like, something's oh, happening sure. in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, God, you hear like, it is technically like a child's voice, mm-hmm. you know? Saying these things, you're like, God, I'm going to punch a ghost in the face. I know it's going to happen. Good Lord. (laughs) Well, this uh, bear is made by the Ghost Adventures crew's dedicated paranormal uh, equipment specialist. They -hmm. actually have two over the course of the series. Right now, they're working with a gentleman named Gary Galka, who is kind of like, he is super into ghosts. He absolutely believes, and he makes devices that... That can be used because like Zach, he has a he has a legit like a, a very earnest passion about trying to communicate with people who have died. Mm-hmm. They also work with a gentleman named Bill Chapel, who is a swindler, I'm sure of it, and just makes devices that are expensive and worthless mm-hmm. and do stupid shit. Because doesn't Bill Chapel Bill Chapel has not a, even being like a true believer of ghosts? He has a degree in electrical engineering, which means he knows exactly what all of these devices do. Did yes. we ever find out where he went to school? And what- no, that's a great question, though. Because we blow up the, the guys they have on as guests all the time. There's this dude named Bishop James Long, who is a bishop in the... This is the full name of the organization. The United States Old Catholic Church, which is not affiliated with the Catholic Church in any way. Uh, it just uses all of their language and uh, iconography. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sells little flasks of holy water and little blessed silver icons that you can buy to protect yourself Ugh. from ghosts. He's just a real uh, shithead. Gross. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. These folks don't show up in this episode. Let's kind of wrap this lockdown up with yeah. the final exhibit, which is the full spectrum camera photo that Zach parades in front of us that is the biggest mess of a picture I've ever seen in my life. Uh, The full-spectrum camera is a camera (laughs) that takes 
it takes photos in the full visible spectrum and I guess mm-hmm. infrared also or whatever. And apparently there is a photo of a man in a chair with a with a goofy hovering face outside of his body. And there's just nothing, folks. It's just not really a picture. It's nothing. at straws. Yeah, to a huge degree. And we'll probably put this in the in the episode images. They like put the arrows up that are like, here is the face and here are the legs. You can tell that this is where he is facing. <laughs> and if you follow the eye lines, he just gets you way do too a great. You do a great impression of them, Thank I gotta you. say. I've watched a lot of ghost adventures over the years. I mean, you know, I will say I, I, I get the feeling, especially from, I mean, I, you know, I listened to a few episodes of this show, right? Um, before, but again, I also wanted to make sure that once we confirmed that I was going to be on, I was like, all right, I got to step away for a second so that I come into this clean, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I did know that going into it that like, especially based off of just the initial reaction of you guys to anything that they said, I was like, okay, well I know it's going to be ridiculous, but it's like, it feels almost as if like this episode in particular feels as if like they had literally nothing. Yeah. And they were, this felt like the most grasping at straws oh, I feel like I've ever seen of ghost hunting anything. Yeah. Um, and it's it's like, man, y'all should have just done some research and found any kind of story that had, I don't know, anything possibly real. <laughs> there are some episodes, and it's really funny that like... Uh, some episodes they do like this where you can tell it's really phoned in and some episodes they spend so much time showing the viewer that they are like doing research and exhaustively interviewing people and trying to get real information. So Mm -hmm. I don't like, I don't understand what the general outline of the show, like the plan to create an episode is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like they have one. I don't think they do. I mean, I feel like they must have one if they're working with travel channel they probably have somebody who enforces some kind of plan on them, but it doesn't seem like they enjoy working by a by an outline or a plan. They just kind of go and do stuff. Maybe. I mean, it's also, you know, kind of like how you were saying earlier, it's like when someone sent him that picture and he's like, oh, we've got to go. I feel as if they sometimes expect the people there to give them more answers and for them to have their research for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah, maybe yeah, they yeah. get there and there's like, it's like, well, yeah, we've got the picture. It's like, great. What else? And they're like, that's it. And they're That's, like, we just took this picture. Shit. Okay. All right. Quick. Everyone brainstorm real quick. What can we do? How can we, you know, how can we add more, you know, mystery and intrigue? Like maybe we secretly like find a way to have the thing say Katrina right when I need it to, considering I point to it a full second before it says Katrina. <laughs> yeah. That bothered me a lot. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so what was your moment, favorite part of this uh, episode, Colin? My favorite part was probably god i i think it comes down to a split between either how unbelievably like fake everything was at bloody mary's but how it clearly they clearly believed it was real mm-hmm. um that was either a favorite moment or the moment after he has you know heard from the voices on the machine uh, at may bailey's and he has a really good Right, and that good is in quotes, heart to heart with the mm. ghost mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to let it know that it can pass on because we hear you, we hear your message and it's okay that you're dead. It happens. You know, it's a part of life and like, we all love you and care for you and you can continue on. And then he's like, wow, I got to stop for a little bit, man. I'm Billy, just did you hear sad. how heartfelt I got? Billy, <laughs> did you hear Billy. it? He's like, yeah, we're feeling real sad in here too, man. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think that was mine, is when Billy had to call in just to be like, hey, just so you know, I'm also feeling sad. Speaking to the ghost. Wasn't he speaking to the ghost? I don't know. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell. It sounded like he was. What was your favorite Maybe. part, dear? Um, I think the the skull. The real skull? Just, just what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Here, put this skull on your chest for an hour. Like, that's a great idea. (laughs) So, Colin, I don't know how familiar with uh, Insanely Haunted you are, but we have one last segment before we start wrapping up, and it's called Tweet Watch. Tweet Watch. And it is where we just pull up Zach Bagans' Twitter account and just see what he's up to right now. Yes. (laughs) Um, Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Okay, so uh, somebody tweeted Zach Bagans and said, Zach Bagans, stop sending Aaron by himself. And Zach replies, hell no. That's pretty funny, though. Yeah. Um, kind of like see. that. It's like, no way, man. Not going to do that. Oh. That's the comedy. Here's a video with Zach. Hold on a second. Man, why are you messing up with my Instagram video? Oh, right. Um, we actually... So, yeah, there's just... He's trying to do a video. He's trying to do a video, and, and then somebody bumps in from behind. Yeah. Um, I do... I, I would definitely like to bring up some incredible news that was provided to us by... Oh, wait a minute. The new season started yesterday. Whoa! I'm I am also on his Twitter account right now. Uh, and yesterday he retweeted on February 23rd, less than two hours until a brand new season of Ghost Adventure starts. And then it's like the two hands praising, then the <laughs> scream face, and then a spooky ghost. <laughs> so excited nice. yet so scared. At nice. Zach Bagans. I always want to call him Baggins. I know. Uh, <laughs> at Aaron Goodwin at Ghost Adventures. I also want to point out that like, Sometimes people kind of like accidentally perjure themselves, I feel like. Here's a good example. The Ghost Channel shared a little video, like a promo of what's coming out uh, for the all-new episode that happened last night at 9 o'clock at 8 Central. And it says, well, that escalated quickly, then a blushing face. Something tells us this haunted attraction is actually, asterisks, very haunted. (laughs) It's like... Oh, so what you're saying is that you didn't think it was haunted at all, but you were still going to show it. And now you're like, oh, wait, maybe it actually is. I don't know, dude. It's kind of scary, dog. I don't know what's going to happen. Your show is called Ghost Adventures. Mm-hmm. And yet in your handle or your, your username, mm-hmm. you have a vampire instead of a ghost. <laughs> okay. So there's a story behind this. Is there? Because well, like that's, it's like, oh, dude, come on. He has two biographies, autobiographies. One is called I Am Haunted and the other one is called... Dark World. Dark World. We got we got uh, I Am Haunted for our friends Morgan and Travis uh, as a going away gift because they, they left and went to the uh, Olympic Peninsula. We read through the, the, the first chapter, I believe. It was terrible. But I also flipped through the chapters and he has a whole chapter on vampirism. And I did not read through it, but we have a very strong feeling that Zach secretly wishes that he were a vampire. And I think we've verified this uh, through <laughs> watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer because we're getting some serious... He's trying to be Angel. He's trying to be He's Angel. He's trying really hard to be Angel. <laughs> Especially Angelus. Angel. Like Evil Angel when he loses Is his... Is it Angelus? Yeah, Angelus. Yeah, Angelus. Yeah, he definitely... Definitely. Um, and then also like a mix of Xander as well. Like the personality. Well, I think he does that by act just because yeah. Joss Whedon inadvertently created a perfect caricature of what an insecure vampire uh, be. what an insecure teenage boy is like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So yeah, he's 
who mean, is mediocre despite all of the white privilege. That that character is like the perfect distillation of that. Yeah. I hate him so. God, I hate Xander Harris. Fuck. I I noticed because like I've seen like I think at least two statuses from you. Yeah. He's Just the being worst. Like, Dude, he sucks so much. Could really I funny be any more Chandler? <laughs> He's just literally the villain in some epi- episodes of Buffy. He is. He's literally the bad guy and the reason for things to go bad. And it sucks and it's never acknowledged. Anyway. Anyway. Um, also, oh. he shared on Valentine's Day a photo of an empty chair, definitely yep. out of Chipotle. Yep, 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 yep. Yes, yes. Happy Valentine's Day to my beautiful sweetheart. But maybe if he is a vampire, but his oh, partner shit. wasn't, she would be dead and she's a ghost now. So he did still have mm-hmm. Valentine's Day with his beautiful with his sweetheart. Boo. Or he had a burrito. Or, oh. <laughs> or he's shooting a, a photograph at the mirror and, oh. and she you gets can't a see. selfie. Yeah. Although wouldn't you wouldn't you still be able to see their clothes? Yeah. You know, that's a good question, I guess. Yeah, I've always wondered that. Like okay. They, not in what we do in the shadows. In what we do in the shadows, the clothes go on the vampire and they become invisible. They become a part of the vampire. Yeah. Okay. So I have incredible news for y'all. And this is brought yes. to you by one of our listeners, Tracy. <gasps> this is on Twitter. So I'm going to read this to y'all. Oh, by the way, Colin, um, Zach Beggins has an album called Necrofusion, and it's like industrial goth mixed with sound bites from Ghost Adventures. Oh, well, that's <laughs> you, great. You should check it out. It's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> there's a tweet by Zach Beggins. He says, yeah, part of new album about to drop. And it's a little smiley face with a cowboy hat. And it, he's retweeting or he's commenting on someone else's tweet. Uh, someone named Caitlin. Uh, it's at Zach Beggins. Is that you? I didn't know you could sing. Hashtag twins. Hashtag country singer. So it looks like Zach's about to drop a country album. <laughs> a haunted country album. Well, actually, what country album is They're not all haunted. haunted. They're all very yeah. haunted. Great point. Um, I'm going to look up real quick Zach Beggins country music and see if we can find something. I feel like we're about to find some really unfortunate stuff. Yeah. Zach Banana, that's my autocorrect. Big <laughs> Zach Bananas, yes. He is bananas. I have been perusing the uh stuff that's made by Bill Chapel. Mm-hmm. I'm perusing the uh the history of their devices, and so many of these are just absolute bullshit. And it's like, oh my god, come on. Also on the homepage, um, at the very bottom mm-hmm. of uh, their website, there's a, a quote from Bill Chapel himself mm-hmm. that's, that literally reads, to quote Yoda, there is another Bill Chapel." <laughs> what? What? <laughs> that is the literal example of, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, I almost said Steve Carell, which is not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of a sudden I've, I've only Scott. been able to say. That's yeah, thank is. you, Michael Scott. I was like, now all I can see is, is yeah, anyway. Um, so that, that's basically what he just did. He literally just made a quote of himself saying, to quote Yoda, there is another, Bill Chapel. What does that mean when it comes to making these devices? This makes no sense. Well, much like everything in Ghost Adventures, making sense is really asking for a lot. Well, maybe <sighs> by there comes another, uh, he means another dummy. <laughs> To yeah. buy his equipment. To buy his equipment. Because the actually, there, there's like multiple sources that say he's been quoted saying he doesn't believe in ghosts. Great. So, who, who is the... XCAM SLS structured light sensor, $1,275. <laughs> Colin, do you know what that device is? Uh, Let's see, structured light sen- sensor. You know, it sounds a lot like, you know that thing 
that they used to make the connect for Xbox. It literally is just a connect for Xbox. Cool. That's that's that is what it is. In fact, the first time they use it on Ghost Adventures, Zach Bagans refers to it as an Xbox Connect and not as a structured light sensor. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of Insanely Haunted. I'm I'm sure glad that you enjoyed watching Ghost Adventures with us today, Colin. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Do you, do you want to? Uh, if our guests want to uh, to to listen to more of your work, where th- where should they find you? Uh, if you want to find me, like as in like on the internet, you can find me on Twitter at Colin M Parker, C O L I N M P A R K E R. Actually, I was hoping um, you could give them your your mailing address. Right oh here. sure, it is <laughs> redacted, redacted, redacted. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, but uh, if you want to like specifically hear my dulcet tones more, um, you can hear me on the show's Journey Under Thirty, as well as Myth Takes, which has uh, I don't know when this particular episode drops, but depending on when you're listening, either the episode just came out or it's coming out soon, which is uh, the 28th is the next episode of the 20th of February, rather. Sorry. Let's see what else I have. A couple other new shows coming out soon. The one that we definitely have a name for is Apotelesma, which is coming out in the first couple of weeks of March. I don't remember exactly what day, so I apologize for that. But that show is me, Daniel Spencer, uh, Beth Lindley, and Tracy Wheatley, uh, all of which are people that I met at PodCon, and also all people from the Bambino Podcasters. So we continue the trend. Oh, and of course... Uh, at scavengers net on twitter uh for the scavengers network all of your scavengers network needs and wants <laughs> great well uh uh remember to support your national parks state uh, national parks yes uh thank you to leandra for the art that we use for our show thanks, thanks for, for the, the hand. hand and thank you to the scavengers network and colin for welcoming us into their family thank you so much hey thanks for being here And as we always say, signing off with you this evening, my name is Max. I'm Cassie. I'm Colin. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) Totally all right. And you just heard... A A Class Class A EVP. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. Hello, I am Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And we are the hosts of Journey Under 30. This is a podcast all about us doing what we can to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30. On each episode, we take a look at a career of an individual that has been recognized by Forbes. Sometimes we look at careers that we think were overlooked. Or sometimes we talk about the careers that you may not know about, but you should. And in the end, we discuss what we've learned as well as how we can apply to our own career paths as we make our mark in this world. So join us every other Tuesday on whatever podcatching app you choose, and we'll see you on the Forbes. See ya. Bye-bye now.